And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I can't wait to dive in and talk about how we reach a higher level of wealth and abundance and how we also make sure that we are healthy and, you know, we're looking after our own well-being and how we make sure we understand understand what our desires are and what it is we want so that we can move towards that and that we can also make sure we're charging rates that actually support our lifestyle, the lifestyle we want and that doesn't just let us get by, but let us lets us get by with both abundance and time and, you know, having those cushions. So let's dive in. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Sonia Highfield. She's the founder of Real World Creatives, and she's a wealth expansion coach. Welcome, Sonia. Thanks so much for having me, Kristen. Can you tell us a little bit more about your backstory and your journey into wealth expansion coaching? Yes, absolutely. So I have been coaching for almost six years, but I started uh, my career as a photographer. So I went to art school and then I graduated and started my photo business. And I was doing commercial and fine art photography. And I took a few years trying to figure out how the heck do I actually run a business. (laughs) And uh, what I found was that I really loved getting into the nitty gritty of business, entrepreneurship, understanding how to market, networking. And so I eventually was able to really have a successful business. Um, It was all word of mouth in Boston. And I was working with magazines and big interior designers and celebrities and chefs and really was finally rocking it. And I found when I got to that point one summer in 2015, I just kind of got this huge urge, I say I got hit over the head with this urge to help other creatives, because I felt like I had kind of cracked the code on how to do what I what I loved and really make money and enjoy it. And so that summer, I set out to I thought start a blog, but I started a business. And it really has been such such a journey. It's really been quite a spiritual journey to, to be where to, to get where you know, I am now. But I set out to help creatives and I really saw that there were so many talented people in the world who either weren't making money doing their creative work or weren't even doing their creative work because they couldn't figure out the business. And Mm -hmm. so I found that there was a real need to help creative people, not just hone their craft, but help them with the business. And what I really narrowed in on was um, mindset and money. And as someone who was kind of a chronic bank account avoider for a long time and having to figure out how to, how to price myself, price my work and really value my art. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a unique perspective. And so I, I started sharing what I knew 
And I didn't set out to be a coach, but that's what really made the most sense. It's kind of what comes naturally to me. I've always been the person that, you know, people come to for, for problem solving. Mm -hmm. And I loved getting to dig in with people and understand their money stories and really start to shift how they approached themselves and their businesses. And so that's where we t- where we took off from. Started speaking around the country and on podcasts and at different workshops and events. And I started really just expanding my my sphere of kind of coaching expertise, I guess. And at the same time, um, really went down the rabbit hole in my own spiritual and personal development journey. And so um, at this point, I incorporate not only mindset work and business strategy, but I do a lot of meditation with my clients, as well as uh, intuitive energy healing and um, Akashic record readings. And I love all, all the spiritual tools and combine it all with the, the strategic side of building a business and really creating something that can, can build a legacy uh, do it, doing what you love. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love it. And yeah, I think that's great because I think a lot of people do kind of come to a crossroads where they realize I enjoy the work I'm doing, like the photography, but I realize something else would really make me more fulfilled and feel like I'm serving more people. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't, like I said, I didn't set out to start a second business. I I really had no idea that I was ever going to be anything other than a photographer. So um, it is kind of a jarring (laughs) experience when you're actually so excited to pivot to something, but um, there's a bit of a grieving process of like, oh, I'm, I'm changing. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's great because you were open to it. You know, I think a lot of us, which I know we'll talk about a little bit of this later, but a lot of us do hold that resistance so closely, you know, like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that we might not step into that as quickly as you were able to not saying it was an immediate transition. It took time, but I think that's great because, you know, that's what you now help people with. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And it did take me about two years before I went full-time with coaching. So I was running both businesses and um, it was really hard for me to let go of the photography because that had been what I loved and what I thought I was going to do forever. So it was definitely a, a transition, but I think um, it really came from, you know, like my heart and soul when I transitioned because I, it wasn't, it didn't make any sense on paper, right? Like the, the money wasn't totally there, but I felt like this really is my purpose work and I need to go all in with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So let me ask you, I know one of the things you probably help people with the most, or, or one of the things other than the, the mindset and wealth work is how do we get unstuck? You know, a lot of us get stuck in something, whether it's the money, right? The money stories or our mindset limiting beliefs. But can you talk to us a little bit about getting unstuck and how desires tied into that process? Yes. So I realized as I was working with people that often they would come to me with uh, some kind of problem in marketing themselves and in pricing themselves and setting up their business and being visible. Um, And what I found was that those were really the surface issues Mm -hmm. and that most of the time, what was actually tripping them up was not having either fully identified what they actually want, their desires, Mm -hmm. um, or not allowing themselves to honor those desires. So really empowering themselves to say, here's how I want to do business. Here's what I really want to offer to people. 
here's the money I really want to make, you know, here's the impact I really want to have. Um, it kind of falls into the, the shoulds category, right? We think I mm-hmm. should do it this way, or, you know, someone else told me this is the only way I can do it. And so a lot of times when people come to me, we have to go back to really basic questions like, what do you want? And it's amazing how uh, revealing that question is. What do you want? And can you allow yourself to speak it and then claim it and then take action on it? Mm-hmm. And I find that is so often the, the key piece that's keeping people stuck is not owning and taking action on their real desires. Yeah. And do you find that it's, you know, having them, like you said, write it out and then, of course, speak it? And is it is it unearthing over and over, like peeling layers of an onion? I'm, I'm guessing often they're going to say the first thing they want, but it's really not even the biggest thing, right? Like, right. does that happen? Totally. Yeah. We have to go in and, and get under there and get, get into all the layers. And um, one activity that I like to suggest um, that, that I'll do for myself as well when I'm kind of, you know, getting stuck is um, create a desires list and do it on a nightly basis. And so every night you're just saying, what do I really desire? What do I really desire? And you might start again with kind of those surface desires. Mm-hmm. You know, I want more money. I want success, whatever it is. And then once you're doing it night after night and repeatedly asking yourself that question of what do I really desire? Then you're able to, you know, get get to the root of it, right? And reveal to yourself. and yeah, sometimes the the big desire comes out right away, but sometimes it is a bit of a process. Yeah, I think that's good. And I know, um, you know, I've done the, you know, the 50 list, your 50 things that you desire or your dreams, because mm-hmm. the first 10 or 15 are, are normally pretty easy. You know, it's, it's the beyond that, right? So like you said, it's doing the work to get further. So that's right. really good. Yeah, Very absolutely. Good. So let me ask you, I know you, you are really great at helping people with that intersection between wealth and, you know, their uh, well-being, right? Sort of how we feel about ourselves and the mindset, but can you tell us about that? I know you have a pillars of um, wealth, of the wealth mindset. You want to share that with us? Yes. And so the first thing that I like to share with people is the original definition of wealth, um, because that actually is the condition of well-being. That was the original meaning. And so when I heard that, I had kind of, you know, this aha moment where I was like, okay, it makes sense now why I'm working with people on their money stuff, but it's so intertwined with, you know, them as a human, them as a soul, them as a, you know, just a person who wants to be happy and healthy. So I love applying that definition of wealth and using it for all areas of life and business. And it's kind of like, you have to first define, okay, what is, what does my well-being actually mean and look like? And, you know, go through a checklist of, okay, relationships, uh, you know, self-love, body, business, and and give yourself a little what I call like wealth check-in to see, you know, how well do I really feel in these areas? So that's the first part. (laughs) Um, And then my, my wealth mindset pillars, um, this came to me a lot of, a lot of what I share really comes to me through intuitive wisdom. So I didn't sit down and write these out. They just came to me one day, but I love how powerful and simple they are. So uh, the first pillar of a wealth mindset is that money doesn't buy happiness, pursue both, right? 
they're they're separate tracks, right? Money Mm -hmm. and happiness. But I think so many people feel like I have to follow one or the other, or I can have one or the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, this pillar is really like, you can have both, right? You have to do the work on both ends, though, right? On your happiness, and on whatever that, you know, financial successes that you want. So Mm -hmm. we're going to go after both. But uh, they, they take effort. The next pillar is that broke don't help broke, <laughs> uh, which is for all my people who feel like, well, if I have less, somehow other people are going to have more. Or if I martyr myself, if I sacrifice, that's somehow helping other people. Or if I can relate to people who are in lack and scarcity, have less than, you know, we can bond that way. I'm not above them. Um, and this is such a false idea because what I know is that generally most people are good people. And so having more money, more self-love, more, you know, success, all, all the more that you can have, you're going to put it to good use. You're going to be generous with it. You're going to give back. Um, having more never takes away from anyone else. And so realizing that you don't have to, you know, sacrifice your own well-being to serve others. You don't have to have less money. Um, to make other people feel comfortable, right? Really having more of those good things when you're a good human, like you're going to do more good in the world, whether it's for your family or your clients or your community. Having more is actually sometimes more, right? Absolutely. Um, And then the third pillar is legacy. So a lot of people think about legacy and they think about their families, right? And that's absolutely one aspect of what your legacy could be about. But um, when I share this pillar and I say, but legacy doesn't just have to be your family, right? If you're Mm -hmm. someone who's like, I don't want to have kids or I never had kids, that's not my legacy. Awesome. What else do you care about? What else do you value? And how can, you know, receiving more money in this lifetime actually positively impact those things or other people that you care about beyond your lifetime and you know create a legacy of wealth that you know builds a community center or creates scholarships for artists or you know saves the whales right whatever it is that you care about whether it's your family or something else this motivation to build a legacy you know not only to have your name known now but to do something in this lifetime that's going to last beyond your lifetime. Yeah, no, those are great. And, you know, like you said, especially the second one, well, the first one, fantastic. I think that's great. The second one, you know, I just did a mini podcast episode about that, about abundance mindset, you know, versus scarcity, because you're right. A lot of people do get stuck in that, right? We, we heard those messages or we interpreted messages when we were young that it's like, if I have more and we're, you know, we're take, we're like friends that you can't have more, but that's not actually how, of course it works. But so yeah. I think that was, that was a really good example. And then I love that you talk about legacy because I do think it's so important. And I think when we realize the impact we can have on the world, to your point, whether it's our family or family in then, right. Mm-hmm. Or if we don't have a family, then the, and then I think it's, it's so important. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons we're here, right. Is to leave an impact and to leave a legacy for the next generation or the generations to come both in our work. And then obviously financially, if we're able to, with, you know, things we endow someone with, or like you said, scholarships. So I think that's all 
really good stuff. And I love that you talk to your clients about those three pillars, you know, or, or as part of your work. So that's, those are all things we should definitely be considering when we're looking at building our businesses. Love yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so what about, I know you have uh, some other tips for creating, how do we create our own um, vision or version of wealth and well-being? which as you just talked about, they're just very tied together. Are there additional tips you wanted to share on that? Sure. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to really owning and honoring your desires. I think a lot of people can feel like, well, I don't want the big mansion and the fancy car. That's not really what motivates me, right? That's not really what wealthy means to me. And so really defining for yourself, okay, great. What's a wealthy life? Is it having a tiny home and being a digital nomad? You know, is it having an organic garden in your backyard? Mm -hmm. Is it being able to, you know, have, have a house in Italy, like whatever it is for you is totally fine, right? Wealth doesn't have to look just one way. Um, And what I like to remind people is like, your wealth is going to look just like you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, all natural hippie mama, like, cool, that is absolutely a version of wealth that's valid. So, you know, validating your desires and really, um, again, being able to look at the different areas of life and business. And it's not that they're going to be able to get equal energy and effort all the time. And it's not that we're going after perfection, but being able to check in with yourself and make sure, all right, nothing is being ignored here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm able to give some time and energy and nourishment and get support in all of these areas because, you know, your, your life is your wealth, right? Everything in it. And so we don't want to ignore any areas and, um, really just being clear on like, what does it mean for me to feel well? And you know, what are my goals around my own well being? Um, It it creates your own customized blueprint for wealth. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I do agree, too. I think it's super important. One, I think people don't really realize like you, you've explained so well, that wealth is actually, it's like you said, it's a well-being of our whole life. It's designing our life. Just like I talk about defining life on our terms. So for me, I think for a lot of us, it's that a lot of us want flexibility of time. Well, for me, that's part of the design, right? That's part of the desire is having time to do other things I enjoyed, not just, you know, working only. And so, you know, I think that's really important for people to realize. And then, you know, I agree with you that, you talked about earlier, you know, if we have more wealth, it just means that we can, like you said, we can share more of that wealth, you know, and I talked about one of my upcoming, um, you know, things on my list, right? Next desires is to get a house on the water, probably about an hour and an hour away. But, you know, once again, I then in a podcast episode explained how, you know, that allows my family as they get older, you know, to come there as they have families it allows us to bring friends. I might be able to do retreats. Like it, once again, I could have people go there that, you know, maybe are my friends that don't have a place, but there's so many ways that we start gifting that experience and that community, that gathering as part of my desire. Right. And so I try to remind people, don't think it's like, oh, that seems so materialistic, but if it's on your heart, there's probably a reason for it. It's not just some materialistic thing that has no real meaning or value. If it's on your heart, I feel like it's has some really deep meaning that's going to bring about, you know, something in the world. Totally. And the thing is that money does allow us comforts, right? right. It, it allows us 
freedom and choices and, you know, a lot of things, but it really allows us comfort. And I think sometimes that's kind of overlooked as, as not important or something we maybe shouldn't value. And it's like, what a gift it is to provide a home where people right. feel comfortable, where they experience, you know, love and fun times. And, yeah. you know, for me, like my home is a major, major motivation for my wealth as well, because my environment really dictates a lot for me. And, you know, for me, the home is part of the legacy I'm creating for my family. And so, right. yeah, like no, no shame in whatever it is that you want, even right. if it seems materialistic, even, you know, if you're like, well, I just really want this, you know, big fancy car. Right. All right. Like maybe there's some ego involved there. Yeah, but, sure. But maybe you're like, you know what? I do a lot of driving. I'm spending time in the car with my kids. I want us to be safe. I want us to be comfortable. If that makes me feel a little more luxurious as I'm going about, you know, trucking my three kids around, like, okay, that's fine. You know, right. let yourself yeah. have it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. So let me ask you, you bring, you definitely talk and help entrepreneurs with a topic that I think is definitely a sticking point and a struggle for so many. You know, I've seen this firsthand when I was doing mentoring with startups, but you talk about pricing um, for profit, but they also make you feel good, right? Doesn't make us feel kind of like, oh, I don't want to ask for the price. So can we have a conversation maybe around that for a, you know, a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. So I love to get into pricing with people because the thing about pricing when you run your own business is that it's really tricky because it's subjective. And it's also really freeing because it's subjective. Mm -hmm. And so people get so tripped up about it. And I understand that. And there's a couple, you know, uh, tips that I'll, that I'll share on how to really, you know, find those numbers for yourself. But one thing I like to share too is like, there's no wrong price unless it's not working for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can go to the CVS and buy the $3 mascara. You can go to Sephora and buy the $50 mascara. You know, mm -hmm. you can go to Gucci and buy, you know, however much their mascara is. It's the same black goop, right? So there's no real rules when it comes right. to pricing most of the time. And if you look in your industry, in any industry, you're going to see a wide range. And mm -hmm. so what I recommend is that people don't try and fit into what they think is reasonable for mm -hmm. other people, but rather what is realistic for themselves. Mm -hmm. So creating your own uh, income goals first and foremost, and mm -hmm. then going out and finding the people who fit into your prices not trying to, you know, go out and figure out what does everyone in the world, you know, want to pay, um, you know, because then that's that's chaos. So what I recommend is um, really starting with your own numbers. And so that requires you to get comfortable sitting down and looking at your own expenses. And if you're new to business, estimating some of your costs that are going to come mm -hmm. and I really understand people that have anxiety around the numbers because that was me for 26 years. And what I know is that information is power. And so the more you know about yourself, about your current, you know, financial situation, the better decisions you're going to be able to make. And mm -hmm. how much more empowering is it when you have a price that you're like, I know why I'm charging this because it's going to pay for X, Y, and Z that I want and need. And so there's a reason for it. It's grounded in something. It's not right. a number you pulled out of the air and you're like, I don't know if this is, 
you know, the right number, quote unquote. And so having a reason for your prices is really helpful and feeling confident for this is exactly why I'm charging this. Yeah. But also, you know, understanding that your business needs to pay for your whole life, right? A lot of people I find when they're starting out or they're part-time in their business, they're not pricing themselves thinking about, okay, this needs to pay for my health insurance and my groceries and my vacations and my, you know, what I want to put into savings, right? So I recommend people start off um, creating a bunch of different categories of their business expenses, personal expenses, money that they want to contribute to savings and uh, retirement funds, and then also having a fun money category because uh, life is supposed to be fun, right? If we're just paying bills, that's not so motivating. Um, So, you know, you want to take vacations, you want to go to concerts, you want to go out to eat, you want to, you know, take your kids to the water park, whatever it is. Um, Giving yourself that extra kind of category of fun money And then adding up all those categories so that you can see, okay, over the course of the year, what's kind of the minimum that I need to bring in to cover all of those, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, our, you know, savings and fund money aren't necessarily business expenses, but we want our business to be able to pay for everything. Whether or not you have a partner that's bringing in income, I believe you should price yourself like, okay, I'm going to pay for my whole life, right? right? So that you really can create a profit for yourself and that you can figure out, you know, what are the prices I'm going to charge that feel good for me? Because in return for, you know, serving clients and sharing my art and, you know, doing what I love and helping other people, I know that I'm being taken care of. I'm taking care of, you know, myself, my home, my family, my dog, whatever it is. Um, That's such a better place to come from with pricing. Yeah. Oh, I think you explained it so well. And I love that because, I think you're right. People just look at if they're selling a product or a service. Oh gosh, you know, I talked to three people or 10 people and it didn't seem like they wanted to spend over X. But to your point, when we start from that mindset, instead of hold on, what is my business need to make this year? Like you said, and then we don't, you know, plus we have to add in taxes, right? Because if you're self-employed, the taxes are not a small number. But I think if people start, like you said, looking at what, what is my lifestyle? What does my lifestyle cost me? And I don't mean, like you said, not our most extravagant, but our comfortable lifestyle, right? Like what would that cost me? And when you break that all down, but then it's also, when you look at that, I think, for instance, if I said, oh, it's only X dollars per right client. Well, if you start figuring out, can I even serve that many clients per week and not be so exhausted or burned out or working 60 hours, you start realizing, hold on, if part of this was to design a life where I had a little more flexibility or a day, maybe I work one less day, then you have to start realizing, hold on, I would have to charge more per client if it's if it's a one-on-one business. Obviously, it could yeah. be a course or it could be many other things. But I think that's good because people have to start realizing that there's all those variables that they look at when they start pricing things. Exactly. And and you're right. And once you understand your own you know wants and needs with your numbers, then you're able to customize and say, you know what, I only want five clients a month. Or, you know, again, there's no wrong number. It's not just, oh, I need to sell high ticket everything. You know, if you're if you're selling $10 necklaces, like that's fine. But you got to figure out, again, how to make it work for you. Um, and I think you're totally right. It's It's about building not just the business that works for you. It's about the lifestyle. And again, giving yourself permission to say, you know what, 
I don't want to work 40 hours a week, or, you know, I want to take two months off every year. How can I mm-hmm. make that work for me? Um, and then let the numbers support you. Right. So on that same uh, thread, do you then, when you talk to your clients and you help them work through their, you know, what their prices might be about how they then align to finding the right clients, right? Because part of it, of course, is matching with people that see the value in that, you know, your service and at that level. So do you, do you share uh, tips with them on that kind of area too? You know, it's a funny thing. I think that a lot of times it's really about our own mindset and energy of what we're Mm -hmm. sharing around our offers that makes the difference for who comes in and is attracted to it. Um, Because I've certainly had that experience where, you know, back in the day, I was offering something for $20. And someone complained that they, you yeah. know, couldn't afford it. And I was like, okay, I'll give you a discount, right? And now I have, I, I charge, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars for coaching. And right. if people can't afford it, cool, that's no problem. Right. But those are my prices. And my clients that come in aren't trying to, you know, fight me on it or ask for right. a discount or ask me to validate why I charge that. So I think it really is a lot of internal work. But yeah. also, you know, realizing who you're speaking to, you know, when you're talking to your audience, I think sometimes when, when people raise their prices, they feel like, oh my God, I have to go find a whole new audience that can afford this. And I think a lot of times it's really just about choosing to communicate a bit differently so that you are displaying the value. And again, that you're coming across confident and that you really know who is this perfect for. Um, Because one thing that I like to remind people is it's not your job to judge what people want to invest in and how much they, you know, need and want to work with you. Like your job is to get into alignment with what you're offering and put it out there, you know, send out the invitations and, and let the people come in who want it. You're not supposed to go out there and try and convince them. Um, And so I, you know, it it is a process, I think, but the more confident and clear you feel about, here's why I'm charging, here's why it's valuable. And just being able to communicate that I found Mm -hmm. that really changes the response of, you know, people coming in and and objecting to any prices. And again, like some people won't have that money and won't want to, you know, pay you that money, even if they have it. So, all right, no problem. There's lots of other people. Absolutely. Well, and yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, it really does have to start with you as the business owner believes in yourself and you believe that that value, that that's a value, right? To the person because of the time you're going to put in the knowledge, you know, and I think some of us can get stuck in the um, time equals money, which of course we're talking about the opposite of that, right? We're talking about because there's so many things that are part of that price. It's not just time equals money, right? It's knowledge and expertise and helping someone get somewhere sooner, potentially with at least with the types of things that we, you know, sometimes are helping people with. So I think that's important, you know, to point out as well, you know, that it's not always a time is money exchange, you know, it's, it's much more than that. Yes, exactly. I, I love that. um, I don't know, it's like a meme or saying, but it's kind of like, you know, the reason that I can do this job in 30 minutes is because I have, you know, 20 years of experience. So, you know, because I can do it faster, you know, you're paying that higher price, but it's not because I can do it in 30 minutes. It's, you know, it's, it's everything that's gone into what I know how to do now. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. 
So as we wrap it up, let me just ask you, are there any other last um, resources or tidbits, podcasts, or tips that you want to share with the listeners about this topic? Sure. My favorite resource to share is actually a book, um, which you're probably familiar with, called Profit First um, by Michael Michalowicz. And I am actually really not a person that reads business books, but... Mm -hmm. I love his book because it gives you a whole system for really accounting for your money and for creating profits. And it's a really easy read. And he tells real entrepreneur stories and small business owner stories about, you know, helping them uh, revamp their businesses and really turn their, their money situation around. So yeah. I really recommend that all entrepreneurs read that book. Um, and, you know, especially if you struggle with figuring out, like, how do I pay myself? How do I pay employees and pay taxes? And, you know, he has a whole system um, that you can kind of plug into and and use for yourself. So I recommend that as as a <laughs> starting resource or, you know, anywhere in your entrepreneurial journey. It's helpful. No, I think that's a great um, share. So thank you so much. Can you tell us how can we reach out to you online and find out all the great things you're doing, um, you know, if people want to connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me pretty much everywhere under Real World Creative. So on Instagram, my website, uh, Facebook, and uh, yep, Real World Creatives is, is where you'll find me. Oh, so good. Well, I appreciate you with you. I appreciate you being with us today. I think this has been such a great conversation. I think it's such a needed conversation that we don't always have enough about, you know, one, our well-being and then how we then keep building wealth in our business. So thank you so much. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, I love it. I love that today we talked about how we can all either build profitable businesses or we can have profitable careers. That isn't just about, you know, making it by and paying the bills, but it's about making sure we're covering all the costs for living and saving and doing the things that we've dreamt of doing. So I would just encourage you, figure out what it is that it, that it will take to make the type of money that you need to and you want to make and go after that money. And don't apologize for trying to make more money. Go after it and understand that you deserve it. And I hope that you'll you know, reassess your rates, what you charge, the salary that you're willing to work for, and, you know, just go for it. But you got to ask. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. Join our Facebook group called Building a Life You Love, where we will provide additional encouragement, motivation. We will answer questions and we will just give you more resources and support along your journey to define life on your terms and go after your dreams and find work that lights you up. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch. Or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.